0: Welcome to Life School series 2, Bumps and Babies. As I record this today, I am currently 23 weeks and four days pregnant with my first baby, which I'm so excited to share, I now know is a little girl. I'm still in the process of recording this series, and my plan was to start releasing episodes once I'd finished recording with all my wonderful guests. However, in light of the current global situation with coronavirus, recording for now is on hold. So I've decided to share with you the episodes I've recorded so far over the past couple of months. I know many of us are currently self-isolating at home with lots of time on our hands, so what better time to listen to your favourite podcasts or perhaps discover some new ones. As a first-time mum, pregnancy, birth and babies is a whole new world for me, and I personally want to educate myself as much as I can before my little one arrives. From positive birth stories, information on hypnobirthing, water births c-sections baby massage and more I hope throughout this series I can shed some light on just some of the areas you may be worried about or even just intrigued about thank you to all the incredible birth workers and women who have made this series possible so far and thank you so much for listening my guest for this episode is Rachel Burford a marathon runner health coach founder of Chasing Zest and new mum to the gorgeous baby Dylan As an expecting mummy myself, it was so amazing to sit with Rachel and hear all about her super positive, natural birth experience. It was also a delight to have baby Dylan on the podcast with us too. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with the lovely
1: Rachel. Happy listening!
0: (laughs) Rachel, welcome to Life School.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: And welcome Dylan.
1: Yeah.
0: I am so excited because this is the first baby I've had on the podcast. Yeah. Um yeah. and I believe Dylan's podcast debut as well. It is. <laughs>
1: and my podcast debut. Oh amazing. so oh, I'm so we honored. All, we are all in a very new situation here, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so if
0: for any for anyone that's listening, the noises you can hear um, other than Rachel and I, our baby Dylan, who yeah. is five months old.
1: Yeah, he's five months. So um, he's he's quite chatty and yeah, he, he seems to like <laughs> the
0: table at the moment. <laughs> well he's he's being good as gold, so well I just feel so sort of broody sitting here well, looking at you holding yeah, him. Another
1: another five months you'll I be know,
0: <laughs> not, not long. Um so Rachel, I wanna start by talking about your pregnancy journey and yeah.
1: your birth experience
0: Ah. so how did you find out you were pregnant were you trying let's start from the beginning
1: um yeah so i was never really a particularly what i would call maternal person for a long long time and i i never really thought that i wanted children to be honest i was happy going traveling Ah. and having my life and and everything like that and i think as i got older you kind of think, okay, do I do I wanna go down the road of having mm. children or not? And we'd been married for f- over four years. And I don't know, as the years started going by, I found myself getting pulled more and more to the idea of actually having kids. And a lot of friends mm. who were my age also started having mm. babies. And I think seeing them and how their lives just seemed to be enriched mm. by by having children, Really made me think, okay, I think this is something that we would like to do. Um, And so we spent the first kind of six months not trying, but not not trying. Sort of leaving it up to fate. Yeah, just kind of seeing what had happened, what would happen. Um, And nothing was happening. Um, And I thought, oh, you know, if if it's meant to be, it'll be. But then after those months, I thought, I kind of want to just to see... If, 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 if we can do something to kind of see if we're kind of on track with our timing and stuff mm. like that because my husband's a pilot so he works away a lot you have very little kind of the window of opportunity is, is it's so small really anyway. narrow so much more narrow than i thought so i started using ovulation tester kits um and the first couple of months i got like the little smiley face but then nothing would happen. And then I remember November, I didn't get any smiley faces and then it's weird because you, then, you go from not really wanting kids to then thinking, oh, is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband also had had uh, testicular cancer and he'd had chemotherapy uh, for that. So uh, I really didn't know if, if we would be uh, lucky enough or not. Uh, In the following month, uh, I did the ovulation test and got the smiley face again. And that was on New Year's Day last year, so New Year's (laughs) Day 2019. And I actually have a picture of myself smiling with this smiley face on the the tester. And I think it was, yeah, a very narrow window before it went to like a, a negative again. So about two weeks later I did a test and that blue line appeared and seriously it was the most bring it's almost like bringing you down to earth like Mm. wow this is really happening now but also just feeling so much happiness that that something has actually yeah you know it's worked it's quite surreal isn't it because it's a moment that
0: you sort of imagine but then in reality it's yeah and to be
1: honest I'd done a few tests before and some of them, you know, they're a little bit shadowy and you mm. think, oh, could that, could that be? And you're holding it up to the light and you're looking at different angles. When this line turned blue, there was, there was no mistaking that it was yeah, definitely a positive. Um, and I was just shocked, really, because I, I had a feeling that we wouldn't be able to have a baby. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just so happy. And then I went out to the mall, bought another test, and it was one of those that says pregnant or not The digital pregnant. ones. Yeah. And that worked. And still, my husband still didn't know at this point. So I bought him a card. I bought a packet of chia seeds because apparently the baby was the size of a chia seed. And I stuck it in the card with a little onesie and the test. And I said, yes. I said, oh, I can't wait to meet you, Daddy, in September. And That's presented it to him when I got home. What was his reaction? He cried. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing he said was, oh, we'll have to look at changing the car. <laughs> he, you know, Straight to the practical the, side of things. Into the practical side of things completely. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that was the start of it all. And,
0: and how how was the first sort of 12 weeks of your pregnancy? I was,
1: I'm one of those annoyingly lucky people. Um, I barely had any sickness at all, I never actually threw up, um, I was just quite tired, yes, <laughs> That's, that, that also never goes away, um, but yeah, I spent a few days feeling nauseous, that was it, okay. to the point where I would then doubt whether I was actually pregnant, I thought, oh, maybe, the, the, maybe all those tests I've been taking haven't, uh, like it's been a fluke or something's gone wrong, um do you
0: know what that's music to my ears because mm. I've also been really lucky and not had any sickness Mm. and for those first few weeks I was googling is it normal to not have morning sickness because I was thinking am I still pregnant
1: yes exactly and it's a really I think it's it's a it's
0: a strange because usually it's you know most people the other way around they're really suffering the sickness
1: and and the rare occasions that I felt a little bit queasy I'd be pleased, I'd be like, oh, I feel a bit sick today, that must be a good sign. Mm. And it was almost as if my lack of symptoms were more scary than feeling awful. Yeah. Like I know some people really, really suffered, and not just for the first 12 weeks, for mm. the entire pregnancy. And I remember when we finally got an appointment at eight weeks, the initial one where you hear the heartbeat mm. and you just see this little blob on the screen, and I remember thinking, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. It, there is a baby there but then again up until the 12-week scan just being so worried that that something would go wrong because now I knew it was real um, but just been thinking oh no I hope I hope this is gonna be okay mm. because I mean sadly a lot a lot of women do experience a yeah. loss, Um and with me being what they call advanced maternal age, which <laughs> is knew, ridiculous. Yeah, I knew that the risks were supposedly higher, um, so it was it was quite a scary time, not feeling like I was pregnant. Um, but eventually, I think after the twelve weeks, I kind of you did know, you relax a little bit? Yeah, I relaxed a bit more. Um, And as the pregnancy went on, then, I mean, once you start feeling movement and everything like that, then it's a lot more reassuring. Mm. Um, So, yeah, lack of symptoms pretty much for the whole Yeah, I can (laughs) really relate to
0: that because I'm still, I mean, I'm almost 20 weeks now, so your symptoms are very different in the Mm. second trimester. They're not as prominent, sort of generally. Um, But I still have days when I'm like,
1: mm,
0: I'm still not really showing. I see other ladies at the same point as me and they've got... Good bump yeah. they look pregnant. And I'm like, oh, is everything okay? Yeah. Because I just look a bit fat. Yeah. I don't have a proper bump yet. Um, but I had a scan on Monday and baby's fine. So you do, sometimes it can be the lack of symptoms yeah. that worry you just as much as and everything else. I remember else. going to
1: like a pregnancy event and I probably looked like the least pregnant person there. And people would ask, oh, how far along are you? Mm. And I'd be like, 20 weeks. And they'd be like, oh. Because I just looked bloated. Like yeah. I had like a really big dinner yeah um, that's kind of
0: where i'm at, at the yeah moment.
1: and you wouldn't know to look at me unless i said and then people were like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Can see a little bit now. unless someone
0: that really knows you well mm. um but yeah i think I, i've almost started to get bump envy as well because yes. i see some ladies and i'm just like you have this
1: beautiful <laughs> pregnancy bump. well believe me by the end i was all bump so yeah from the back, I looked the same. Then I'd turn around and it would be like this... Oop, there it is. Like, brrr, yeah. As it like came into view and eclipsed whatever else was yeah. the <laughs> light. <laughs> and leading
0: up to baby Dylan's birth, what kind of preparation did you do? Did you have an idea of what sort of birth you might like?
1: Yeah, so I'm the kind of person who, like, I hate taking paracetamol or any kind ah. of tablets or anything at all um so i really wanted to look into hypnobirthing and try and aim for a, a pain fr- a pain relief free mm-hmm. um natural birth um so mm-hmm. i looked into hypnobirthing and did a hypnobirthing course which was really, really can i useful. ask
0: who you did yours with i did
1: it with jasmine okay go, i'm doing lead. it with jasmine yeah yes. yeah so she she she's amazing you're gonna love the course um even if it doesn't go the way that you kind of envisage i think the things that you learn about birth and why what's happening when you're mm. when you're having contractions when the baby's coming down like these are stuff that i didn't know like okay contraction is the muscle contracting but what muscles and, mm. and how why are they doing that and and all this kind of yeah. stuff about you know you always hear people talking about oh 10 centimeters dilated well what's that what yeah. does it mean how long does it take to get there um how does that happen <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously <a laughs> he wants to he
0: wants to make it clear that he is on this podcast yes
1: he does he is <laughs> he's like yeah you're talking about me <laughs> yes so um, yeah the, the course was fantastic um
0: and how many weeks were you when
1: you started the course i was around 28 weeks because dylan was due in september um and i had to do the course that was before summer Mm. because they were having a summer break so i was one of the kind of least pregnant people i'm gonna be the same yeah yeah and it's actually really (laughs) really interesting because the people from our course we're all still
0: <coughs> so in touch now. We have oh, meetups lovely. and everything. <coughs> there we go. <laughs> so yeah, so you were twenty eight weeks when you did the hypnobirthing course yes. with Jasmine.
1: Yeah, and, and so I met girls on there who were probably uh, we were all within about two months of each mm. other. Um, and we still meet up now with all our babies and Oh, that is so lovely. Such a lovely group of ladies. Um, and it was funny because, you know, the first baby arrives and you're all like, oh, this How is was really it? happening. <laughs> yeah, and you hear all their stories. And then you know because then you all kind of get you have your due dates but then some people are early some people are late and so you have the odd surprise along the way so Dylan was a bit of a surprise because he was about two weeks early Oh, amazing Um, and then there were babies that were nearly two weeks late so it's just really interesting to see like how how all these babies who supposedly are due on these days come come into the world when they're yeah
0: exactly the due date is just a sort of like I keep saying I'm due in July instead of the actual due date, because who knows? And so Dylan was two weeks early. Yeah. How was your birthing experience?
1: I have to say, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, (laughs) but it went pretty much as I would have hoped. So it was super interesting. Um, I'd been having a couple of like Braxton Hicks, so like the little cramps Mm. for a, a couple of days, and I thought, oh yeah, I'm starting to feel all these and everyone was like, oh yeah, you've got a couple of weeks to go. This is just normal. It's your body getting ready. But I wonder now if I was actually in early labor Mm. um, because I remember we'd been doing something in the nursery, me and my husband, and he was due to fly to Paris that night on a trip. Um, So it was kind of his last trip before his leave started. And I remember, I think I had a go at him (laughs) about something. He wanted to start tidying something out. And I was like, why do you want to do that now? It's really bad timing. And I think now it's because somehow, something in my body sensed that things Mm. were about to happen. So I went downstairs, and I remember my back was hurting, but that was nothing new by then. Um, I laid on the sofa. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. Like All of a sudden, I felt this pop. And I heard a pop. And I was like... (gasps) And then I realised that, like, I like had, like, liquid and I thought, I think my waters have just broken. But it wasn't, like, a massive gush mm. or anything. Like, thankfully, the sofa was all right. It survived. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like, <coughs> walking around the house trying to find my husband. I was like, Sandy! Sandy! And I found him in the shower and I was like, I think my waters have just broken because he was getting ready to go to work. Um so the first thing we did was call our doula, Louise, mm. um, and, and it's weird because part of me was like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe maybe it was just, I don't know, something else mm. weird going on, which tends to happen mm. by the end. Um, but she was like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to have a baby by tomorrow. And that was like, oh, my goodness. like, And I did panic a little because... Yeah. You can prepare and prepare and prepare, but once it starts happening, it's like, oh my goodness. This is it. Yeah, this is it. And I remember having a a bit of a teary moment, like, ooh, like just, just the realisation that everything we'd been planning Mm. for and thinking about for the past nine months was about to happen and that I was about to go through birth. Um, But then... I started bringing in all my hypnobirthing things and we had dinner that felt fine. Just the odd kind of um, like, like, it was still just cramped yeah. by that point. It wasn't anything bad. We took the dogs for a walk because you learn in hypnobirthing that if you stop, your labour might stall. Yeah. So going for a walk, bouncing on the ball, making sure you eat because you're going to need energy um, is all really, really important. So I was like, OK, I'm going to do all of this um and i have a picture of us out for a walk and i've got this like <laughs> on this face of something's about to happen and i remember seeing the neighbor She was like oh when can't be long now when are you when are you due and we were like uh probably quite soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm so in labor now actually yeah
1: i mean of course i didn't want to say mm. that to her but that's what i was thinking i was like oh sooner than you think yeah
0: <laughs> we'll be coming back here tomorrow with a baby yeah
1: exactly so uh And then I remember we got home, I had a shower, things started getting more intense um, and we were measuring the the surges. So in hypnobirthing, Mm. contractions are called surges because it's just a nicer term. Yeah. And they were, it was weird with me because they were quite close together to start with, but not too strong, but then they started Mm. getting stronger, but then they were really irregular. So I remember being in the shower and I had like three and they stopped me. Like I had to like lean against mm. the wall and have the water on my back. My husband was downstairs. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he went into like, right, we've got to clean up. We've got to do this. And I assume he,
0: that. he had to cancel his trip.
1: Yeah, he called yeah. work. They were brilliant. Yeah. They were like, okay, you've got emergency leave. And then it goes into your actual leave mm. that you've booked. So he had three weeks off, which was perfect. Um... We had to sort the dogs out because, you know, it was a Thursday night. It was like 20 past 4 in the afternoon when my waters broke. So luckily the neighbours were like, okay, we'll come and walk them and look after them and everything. So all these things that you're kind of like, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. Oh, car seat, we've got to get the car seat in the car properly and and make sure we've got all our bags ready. Mm. and, And I had prepared. But because my husband needed like all his passport and stuff for yeah. work, he had to make sure he took all that out, put it in the bag and everything. Um, and then I laboured for about eight and a half hours at home. So I had my hypnobirthing tracks on. I had LED candles. Mm. I had just really calm, nice environment. I used the ball. I had an amazing moment with one of my dogs, um, the girl dog. She must have sensed that something mm. was happening so i was laying on the floor on the on the rug and i had like cushions all around my front because i would grab them at various mm. different stages and she came and laid like flat against my back so mm. we were back to back and put loads of pressure on my back and that really eased the the kind of she must have known. i think she knew and normally she's a little bit annoying so mm. she'll be licking the whole time or barking and she was just silent and she mm. she was just leaning right against me um, and it was it was really nice just to have like her she just seemed to be so in tune mm. it was amazing and I think now her and Dylan have some kind of a special bond. Yeah. Um because he's definitely reacts more to her than than our other dog who who was very good but kind of kept his distance mm um so yeah that was an amazing moment um and
0: how was the pain during these eight hours
1: it was it's weird because you kind of forget it was fine probably for about the first five hours so till about nine o'clock nine thirty, and then it started mm. a, a little bit more <laughs> um but i had like the breathing and i was doing all of that and i was listening to the affirmations which was so helpful um and we were still in touch with louise the doula um but my aim was to stay at home for as long as possible because i didn't want to suddenly find myself in a hospital environment Mm. um but i also knew that i didn't want to leave it too Too late late, because it was a thursday evening and i thought the roads are going to be quite busy Mm. um but what I decided in my head was I would wait until midnight if I could. Mm. Um so I think it, I I look back now at all the messages. Um I think it was around 11 p.m. where I really started to to feel it a lot. And as I say my surges were so weird because they say you wait till the 5 minutes apart yeah. last a minute for an hour. well mine were there'd be eight minutes then there'd be five minutes then there'd be three minutes so quite
0: sporadic yeah
1: and they wouldn't last a minute sometimes they'd only last 30 seconds but they would be super intense like I wouldn't be able to talk through them and I remember it eventually got to the point where they were just three minutes apart so they went from all over the place to three minutes Mm. and I remember as soon as I had recovered from one another one would start Mm. and I'd be like oh no there's another one coming and at this point, my doula had arrived.
0: The lovely Louise Yeah, the Atkinson. lovely
1: Louise. Oh, she was amazing. Um, and she kind of timed me as well. And we were like, yeah, we need to go to hospital now because things are happening quite quickly. Um, so it was about just gone midnight when we left. And that car journey was
0: so I where do you worry. live <laughs> and which hospital <laughs> um, were you going so to? So we live
1: in Falcon City, okay. um, up near, like, beyond Arabian ranches. And we were at City Hospital. Okay. So the, I knew the car journey is about 20 minutes. Mm. Um, and, of course, it was midnight on a, thir- on a Friday morning, so the traffic was fine. I didn't have that to mm. worry about. But, yeah, <laughs> it was not pleasant at all because it felt like it lasted a long time. Mm. Being in the car... And I was in the back, just to give myself a bit more room. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I wanted to move around, and yeah. I wanted to be on all fours. And when you're in a car, you really are restricted. And I remember having my hands on the roof at one point, just trying to do anything to get comfortable. Um, and then we parked, and then I had another surge whilst we were getting out of the car. And then we got into the, the like, emergency, because you have to go to the emergency mm. to check in. <laughs> and they tried putting me in a wheelchair. I was like, I don't want a wheelchair. I want to be able to move. They're like, no, you've got to go in a wheelchair. So I sat in this wheelchair, and I was just, in the end, I was like, no, yeah. get me out of this. And I just got up, and I was, because then I could lean against the wall mm. and do all that kind of stuff. Um... And then, yeah, we we got to the um, labour ward and they wanted to check me for 40 minutes. I was like, I don't think I can lie still for 40 minutes. Like,
0: What do you mean, check you for 40 minutes? So, like,
1: the monitoring. So, okay. you know how they put on, like, the, the monitoring belt? Mm. Um, and in hypnobirthing you learn quite a bit about how that's not always necessary and it can actually impede you because Mm. you hear all the noises you start thinking about all the machines and they're making you
0: sit still as well and I
1: could not like there was no way I could just lay there for 40 minutes not a chance and I think because I did get to hospital fairly late they maybe didn't realize that I was nearing like the end mm. <laughs> like I hadn't just started I'd been at home for eight hours after my waters had yeah. broken, and they were saying oh why why did you wait so long it's like because I wanted to be at home mm. um, so I managed to negotiate down to five minutes of monitoring and then they're like right yes we've got a room ready for you now and I think by then it mm. became clear that that things were about to happen and another thing my normal doctor who I'd had all my appointments with wasn't there because she was stranded in her home country, okay. She'd got her. She'd gone to get her passport changed, and had, there'd been a delay. So I had to have a doctor who I'd never met before, um, who was amazing, really good. Um, but again, it's just one of those things that mm. you never really plan for. And I'd wanted a water birth, and they told me that the place wasn't available, the pool wasn't available. So we said, oh. Can we go next? No, no, there's more people waiting. Mm. So I didn't get that. But apart from that, I have to say, like, once we got to the hospital, within an hour and a half, he had arrived. Wow. So I managed an hour and a half. um, Managed no pain relief, not even gas and air. I still don't know how I did it. Were you, what
0: sort of position were you in?
1: I spent most of it... Actually stood up mm. um, because at one point apparently his head was hitting the rim of my pelvis. So the doctor really good that she s- suggested this. Um, she had my husband stand behind me and we kind of swayed, mm. and it just helped get him into the, the proper position. Um, then I tried being on all fours with my hands on the rail of the bed. Mm. <laughs> but the funny thing was, I started getting cramp in my thigh. <laughs> I was like, I've got cr- <laughs> like there isn't anything else going yeah. on um, and so in the end I ended up on my side mm. with my foot up on one of the not stirrupy things but the things that yeah. you would rest your legs on um, and yeah then we started the pushing phase now that was the only bit that was different to hypnobirthing because in hypnobirthing you're meant to think of a uh, what was it called a the flower opening, opening rose up. yes mm. the opening rose there wasn't an opening rose it was literally like I'm doing what I'm told and I'm pushing and I'm you know it's time for this baby to come out and I think you go into such a place yeah I never even I didn't even remember about an opening rose by that point it was literally like I had my husband holding one hand Louise holding the Mm -hmm. other hand and then they were all counting down from 10 for me to push um which was really hard because at first I was pushing wrong. I was pushing and putting all my energy out of my mm. like mouth because I was making quite a bit of noise. And and I could actually feel him descending and then going back up again, mm. which wow. they said. So, but this
0: does happen as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That is part of the because if they come out super quickly, then that's more. Yeah, d- that could be more damage for you. So yeah. they do actually sort of tend yeah. to come out slowly, yeah. don't they?
1: Slowly is always best. Um, And I remember them saying they could see hair and I was like, oh, what colour is it? They're like, it's dark hair. So you were with it enough to like answer back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was funny because the doctor said something like, um, oh, normally I would advise patients to reach down and touch the baby's head. but maybe you don't want to do that. And, of course, then I was like, well, yeah, I do, actually, mm. yeah. So the next surge I had, I actually reached down and felt his head as it wow. was. Wow. Which, if you'd told me that before, I'd have been like, oh, God, no. But so
0: by this point, are you are you in pain or is it just you're so close to the end that yeah. something else takes over?
1: It, it's really weird. Like It is like an out-of-body experience. I've heard it said before and now I understand. Yeah. Um, it becomes very primal mm. and although i was aware that i was in pain something within me just kicked in and i remember because then the head comes out and then you have to wait for another cert- well with me it was anyway and then yeah. the shoulders were out and i have to wait again so you know you've got a baby like
0: half in half yeah out. half
1: in half out which sounds terrifying yeah but actually I just remember feeling like I wanted to move away from it. And I remember trying to like, move yeah. up the bed almost. N- not that it would have done any good. But then I remember saying, if I push one more time, will will the baby... Because we didn't know whether we were having a boy or a girl. Oh, like, you left it as a surprise. So it was always it. <laughs> will it be out? And they were like, yes. And I, that was enough for me. I thought, okay, just one more yeah. and then he or she will arrive. And then... You just feel this, it's like a big relief of, of everything's out. And then all of a sudden you've got this baby just on your chest and it's amazing. And he was crying straight away. so Which we, is what you want. Yeah, we knew like, okay, that's good. And the most hilarious thing was... Obviously, we didn't know whether it was a he or a she, <coughs> and we forgot to <laughs> to check. So we were there for probably like one or two minutes, and then I was like, "What is it?" <laughs> and we had to look under the towel to oh find oh out. And I was goodness. like, "It's a boy!" <laughs> did you have Did you have any
0: inclination, like mother's instinct, as to what you were having? Yeah,
1: I did have a feeling it was a boy. You did, okay. and a lot of people said that, based by my bump and the fact that I was just. A ginormous walk-in bump. Mm. Um, people said, "Oh, I bet it's a boy! I bet it's a boy!" And you never know whether to believe yeah. these stories. And um, uh, only two people told me, oh, "I think you're having a girl." Um, but yeah, I think we were just so happy to have a baby who was obviously healthy because he was crying. Of course. And, and just the moment of just them being there, and and you just feel this sense of protection. It didn't matter, like whether they were a boy or a girl he was here and and healthy and and that was it and and it was only after a little while once the initial kind of you know your brain starts working a little Mm. bit more and you think oh hang on (laughs) we don't actually know if it's a boy or a girl yet so um yeah we had to have a little check under the towel and then we were like it's Dylan because we had two names. So you right. had names already mm-hmm. planned. Yeah, so we had a boy name and a girl name. So. Uh,
0: and how was that first hour?
1: It was, it was incredible. Like, f- the sadness for me was that he didn't latch on straight away, which was like what I was always imagining. They they mm. do the crawl, they latch on, they have their first feed. He didn't, um, but the skin to skin was amazing. Um, I remember a lady in the room asking me if I wanted toast and a cup of tea. I was (laughs) like, um, yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) I do." think of tea. It was (laughs) was really random. You
0: probably hadn't eaten in
1: goodness knows how many hours. So my labour was 10 hours in total. Which actually is... It's quite short. It's quite short, isn't it? Yeah, it was.
0: And so you had a doula, Louise, who I interviewed um, just last week for the podcast. I'm also... Planning on having a doula? Mm. How was that experience for you, and how do you think it helped your ah. birth? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, for me, the, the reason to have a doula at first was because obviously, with my husband being a pilot, I knew I couldn't guarantee him that he'd be there, there which ah. terrified me. Um, and so, I wanted s- to have somebody who at least I'd met before who yeah. knew what was going on. And I thought, even if my husband ends up being there, which luckily he was, at least there's somebody else there to advocate for us. Um, you don't know how your husband's going to be when you're in labor. Um, I mean, mine was wonderful, um, but it could have you know, yeah. gone the other way. So I looked into having a doula, and I met a couple who I didn't feel a connection with. And when I met Louise straight away, I was like, yeah, this, this person is... She is so is, lovely. Yeah, exactly. And she's so passionate about women having the birth that they want mm. and, and kind of advocating for themselves. Um, so, and she was also really knowledgeable. And, and I think she's got quite a lot of experience too. So mm. it was good to have somebody who was going to be on our side. Um, and what I really found good when I was actually in labour, when when she 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 knows, it's it's kind of up to you when when you want her to come and join you. So yeah. She'd said, oh, you know, I can come now, or wait a bit until later. And I I thought we'll wait a bit and, until things get going a bit more, and we'll just chill out at home. And. And when she came, I actually felt quite sorry for her because she came all the way to our house and like within a couple of minutes we were leaving to go to Mm -hmm. the hospital. I thought, oh, she's come all this way and now we're just going to the hospital. Um, But it was good because there were moments where I was a little bit scared, even though I knew what was happening and why. And I'd really informed myself on on the whole process. It's still like your body is doing things that you've not experienced Mm -hmm. before and it is scary. And... And I remember a couple of times just saying to her, I'm a bit bit scared now. And she would say, no, it's all completely normal. And it's just the reassurance. The reassurance from someone who actually knows. Because your
0: husband can say everything's okay. But it's almost like, well, how do you know? You've never done this before.
1: No idea. And you've not seen it happen before. So, So you could be saying everything's okay. And it might not be. Um... So having somebody there to say that, or I remember a couple of times I would just look at her and she'd just give me like a reassuring Mm. nod and I'd think, okay, we're doing good, we're doing good. Um, And yeah, just, she took a couple of pictures immediately afterwards, which we we hadn't thought about. Um, So I have like pictures from when he's just a couple of minutes old, um, just capturing, Mm. I mean, they're probably the most graphic Images, yeah, but even if they're just for you, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's face it, none of us look our best, Mm. but just the emotion, and and you can just see the there's something glowing, yeah. Like my husband said, when when Dylan was born, I I just started glowing, so even though I looked to stay, and I'm so glad that Louise was there to take those pictures because we wouldn't have,
0: yeah, completely, that's the last thing on your mind, yeah,
1: exactly, and also. Something else here in particular was when we got to the hospital, my husband had to go to down to reception to sort out all the insurance stuff. Mm. So if Louise hadn't have been there, I would have been on my own. Just that is such a good point, mm. actually,
0: because in the UK you wouldn't sort of think about no. that. But being here, yeah, there, there's this whole sort of admin side to it. So, yeah, yeah, to have that that person there that, yeah. that is not going to leave your side exactly. at any point.
1: And who can say because there was another doctor who could have been there who I'd met previously in the week and hadn't got on with particularly well. I think we had d- differences in opinion. Um, and Louise was able to say, oh, if there's another doctor available, I think mm. it would be better for her to, to have this doctor deliver the baby, um, which again, I was really grateful for because I wasn't in a position yeah. to, to say at that point. Um so yeah, really, really worth having her Just and also the support afterwards. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the time we think about the birth and the pregnancy and then we kind of forget about the days and the weeks and months afterwards and just having somebody who comes to your house and checks mm. in on you, make sure you're okay sees how you're getting on, gives you any further advice. Can help
0: with breastfeeding. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that was something that I did need a lot of help with. Um, And she also did a baby massage class, which we went to as well, um, which has been really good. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely, if I was to have another, I would definitely use louise again it's it's
0: top of my priority list mm. and i'm actually um looking to hire nikki mm. louise's partner yes the kind louise of work is away, together. yeah um in july like a lot of people are yeah. um because i mean i love louise as well and when i met nikki i just thought yeah i can imagine you being there and mm. being that that extra support yeah because you know my mom will come out here but she might not make it in time yeah she only gets a certain amount of holiday exactly so she might make it you know she wants the majority of her holiday to be when baby's here not just me sitting around on a sofa waiting to go into labor so to have that other person there Mm. that knows what's going on
1: and another thing is that they also know when you know they're not going to come in and take over and Mm. start barking orders what to do and make your husband feel like he is kind of redundant they they kind of have that presence where they're there but if you need them they'll they'll kind of step in yeah if not they'll just stay back and as I say for me it was reassuring looks it was checking on me before we went to the hospital um, when my waters broke we were constantly messaging mm. each other and and she was reassuring me everything's fine mm. everything's normal I was saying, well I've got this is this right she's like yep yeah, your body's doing exactly what it needs to do it's so invaluable yeah just I think Especially with birth as well, fear can really make things a lot more mm. problematic. So the more, it sounds weird, but the more relaxed you are yeah. and the more you understand what's going on, then hopefully, I mean, a lot of other things come into play, but you should have a better experience because mm. your body is just going to go with the flow rather than you being, but when you're scared, you, you seize tense. up. Yeah, and, and that's not what you want yeah. in labour.
0: And how have the past five months been? <gasps>
1: Well, a <laughs> bit like a a whirlwind, I have to say. Um, it's had the most incredible highs, seeing him just grow and how he's developed and getting the first smiles and now the laughter and the giggles. but it's also had like some really like mm. some of the most down moments I've ever had. Um, so the first couple of weeks were particularly challenging um, because we found it really hard with feeding. So he lost a lot of weight in the first week, and it's normal for babies to lose Mm. up to 10%, but he lost over half a kilo. Um, And yeah, our first week at home, we had six different appointments over the the seven days of the week. So we didn't really get a chance to relax at home very much. It was always like, okay, go and get weighed, have a look at this, um so that's been definitely the hardest bit. Um but I feel like I keep saying this, but I feel like we're finally starting to turn a corner mm. and I'm coming out of the like the mist of mm. newborn life and he's starting to sleep a little bit better at night. Um And
0: did you reach out for some, some support? Yes, for a help lot. with your breastfeeding. <laughs> okay, good. A
1: lot, so we were at Health Bay quite a lot, so they have midwives and lactation consultants mm. there. We saw Dr. Delphine, who is really good as well, uh. Louise. Um, and ultimately, now we're doing like a combination of mm. breast milk and formula, um, which is not how I wanted it to be. I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to breastfeed for as long as possible. Um, but now he's kind of. Because he found he had a tongue tie, so he had to have that snipped as mm. well. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the bad times, aren't we? <laughs> um, so he's got far too used to the bottle now, which means mm. he completely rejects me when I try and feed him, and that is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, to the point now where I, I don't want to try again because it just upsets me mm. so much and it upsets him. So now I'm pumping which is horrible, um, and giving him milk in a bottle and then topping up with formula.
0: But ultimately, you just want him to obviously be fed and, yeah, and be healthy, exactly. don't you? exactly,
1: and he's such a happy boy. Like, I got back onto exclusively breastfeeding before Christmas, and we managed three weeks, and then we realised he'd gone really skinny again, and he was constantly crying through the day, and he'd lost weight again. So I mean, yeah, I think it was probably like selfish of me to try and continue because I wanted to do mm. it when he was obviously not getting all the nourishment he needed and I needed to just get over myself. And like with birth, you know, they say you can prepare all you want, but things will happen how they happen. Exactly. And I was lucky that I pretty much got what I wanted. But then with the feeding, I have to apply the same thing. Yeah and now we're doing all right. I mean day. he's such a
0: healthy happy baby he is
1: yeah. you're doing an
0: amazing job yeah and I want to talk a bit about fitness because mm. I know that that is such a huge part of your life yes so tell us a little bit about how
1: that was during your pregnancy and post birth as well So yeah, I've always been, well the last couple of years I've been a really keen runner, so I've done like ultra marathons, shorter events and when I found out I was pregnant, I'd actually qualified for Boston Marathon which was in April, so I was around four months pregnant at the time and I decided that I would run Boston while I was pregnant and that's obviously something that Is very unique to each individual like not everybody would be able to do that but because for me marathon running was not easy but it was something I did regularly so my body was really used to it Um, and I'd qualified the year before and who knows when I'll qualify again Mm. now because you have to get under a certain time Um, and I decided that I would run it still but I would obviously just take it easy, soak up the atmosphere, because it's an iconic race, um, and just obviously if I felt any pain or yeah. anything that was... I, I'm used to now the feeling of just being fatigued from running or if something's not right, and I would have stopped completely if, if I'd felt anything wrong. But we managed to uh, run Boston Marathon when he was just, just four months um, now I've lost what I'm saying. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was really good. And, and it just kind of showed me again the strength. Yeah. of, of um, Because Boston also, it's a marathon. <laughs> Pardon you. Um, it's got a lot of history with women not being allowed to run. Mm. And women who entered uh, and then ran and they tried to throw them out of the race because they didn't think women should be running marathons. And I think then to go and do it, pregnant, which there were a couple of, of us there who were pregnant um, again it's just showing people that we're a lot stronger than mm. history has given us credit for and for me... <coughs> oh no, what's the matter? <laughs> Is that better? Um, yeah, for me, um, I just wanted to have something that he could look back well obviously not look back on because he's not going to remember it But Mm. just to show him that you can do what you put your mind to yeah um it's not necessarily about what people say you can or can't do if you go about things in the right way you can achieve a lot more than people would give you credit for
0: did you face any backlash from people
1: um, Not backlash as such. I had people telling me they didn't think I should run it, but funnily enough, the people who said I didn't didn't think I should do it, they were men, so never been pregnant, never gonna be pregnant, mm. uh, and non-runners. So, so what do like, you know? Your opinion is irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Whereas other all the kind of women runners who are new were like, oh yeah, go for it. It sounds like you know they knew that I, you know, I'm not going to do anything to put him mm. at risk at all, um, but just to go and, and do it. Was, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it because I didn't have to worry about what pace I was running. I had walk breaks. I didn't look pregnant, so people probably thought, well, what's this waddly person (laughs) doing? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was just really nice. The only thing was I couldn't celebrate properly afterwards. Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. No popping champagne bottles for you. (laughs) What an achievement. And did you work out throughout your entire pregnancy? I did,
1: yeah. I kept running. Um, I did a half marathon. And I did a lot of running, and then gradually, as I got more and more pregnant, and obviously the summer started <laughs> kicking in as well, so I started doing Aww. more run-walking, so I would run 600 metres, walk, well, I say run, waddle, yeah. 600 metres, walk 400, and I would do that, and then gradually, it just became walking, um, and I did also Pilates as well, which was really helpful, so I do, um Well, now I do, I still do it because it's pre and postnatal Pilates um, at Optimal Fitness. Mm. And Hannah, who runs it, she is a women's health physio. So she has a really good understanding of all the things that happen during pregnancy and birth and afterwards. Um, She knows a lot about the pelvic floor, which is really important. And she's also got three children. So, you know, she she knows everything. and, And when you're doing the exercises, she explains again why you're doing them, how it helps, and everything. And the best thing is you can bring a baby with you as well. Oh wow! So I went. I probably started going about a year. This ago. This is in Studio City.
0: Yeah, isn't it? yeah.
1: I started going about a year ago when I was pregnant, and now I bring him along. So it's it's really good because if 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 you do have a husband who's away or at mm. work, you don't have to worry about who's going to yeah. look after your child. You just bring them along and we've all had moments where the babies have screamed hysterically (laughs) as they do yeah as it happens but um yeah he he actually really likes it because it's you know somewhere different yeah and sociable yeah he sees other babies and
0: obviously you were a runner before Mm. and so for someone like myself who isn't going off and running a marathon not a good idea (laughs) for someone like you there is no need to suddenly change everything you do because no, your exactly. body is used to this, it's conditioned to this. Yeah. And I'm also assuming you spoke to your doctors along yeah. the way to make sure everything was okay. Yeah,
1: and, and I also, as soon as I found out, like I was supposed to be doing Dubai Marathon mm-hmm. as a training run, but that was like a week after I found out and I thought, you know, first trimester, I'm not going to s- risk it. Yeah, I'm not going to risk it. So I just helped to pace people. Um, and when i did boston it was good because i was you know i wasn't really showing so i didn't have a great big bump to cast around but i was past the the kind of the more risky stage um so for me that was it was kind of perfect timing um but yeah i mean i wouldn't recommend it to Mm. to just anyone um and then post Dylan how has
0: it been getting back into your fitness
1: I tell you it's really humbling Mm. and um, I have a new understanding now of I mean we all have to get into it at some point but I have such a appreciation for for women who who maybe haven't been into fitness before and then they have a baby and they think oh you know I I need to start doing something and how hard it must be Mm. because it is weird like first of all, your body feels different, especially in the kind of earlier stages. Um, And then secondly, you know, if you're used to being able to run at a certain pace, that goes out the window. Once you've had Mm -hmm. a baby, you know, you're maybe carrying extra weight. your whole system is just it's been through such a change. Yeah. That then you're like, you're running for not a very long amount of time and you think, oh, I'm absolutely exhausted and then you look at your watch and you're running lot slower mm. than, than you previously were. And that's quite hard to deal with mentally. But then again it's also exciting because your body's just been through this amazing thing and you have to respect it and get back into things slowly, otherwise you're gonna run into problems yeah. as well. Um, so this past weekend I ran my first half marathon after having him. Congratulations. Which was, oh my goodness, that it was tough. And mentally it was tough because I kind of was like, oh, you know, I just want to stop and see Dylan because I knew he was supporting. Um, and I managed it in just under two hours, which was almost 20 minutes slower than mm-hmm. the previous year when I was seven weeks pregnant
0: not bad there, <laughs> Rachel. not it bad was still
1: okay but you know you can't help but compare mm. and it's not just the time it's how you feel when you're running yeah and i was just from the, the start i was just absolutely like oh this is going to be hard mm. um but i mean that's something now that i can base going forwards and and see how i can improve upon that and I've entered a marathon for December. Wow. So we'll see how that goes. Whereabouts? Valencia. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, and Dylan's going to come as well. So we're going to have a little holiday out of it. Um, and he'll be over one then, so that'll be good.
0: He can cheer you on.
1: Yeah, and I tell you, it's lovely seeing them. by Because the, mm. s- the half marathon at the weekend, he was there by the side of the road. And I really wanted to stop because it was the halfway mark right opposite our hotel and i was like oh i could just stop now but i thought no because then i'm showing him that you can give up and i'm like no even though <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't remember i was like no i'm gonna keep going I can't it's the him. principle yeah
0: <laughs> no that's it's incredible the fact mm. that you've just achieved that you know five months it's yeah it's it really is something
1: it's still an ongoing journey of course i mean i still don't feel normal but then do we do we ever feel normal again I don't know um mm. yeah and also finding the time to go out and train now is really hard mm. and sometimes I don't have the energy I'm just like oh, I'd rather just yeah stay in, watch tv With the bubba. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and so tell us a little bit about Chasing Zest
1: my first baby ah. <laughs> so yeah Chasing Zest my first baby um so it started about two and a half years ago Um, and it started as like a website that's about the outdoors and being active and and the name Chasing Zest um, I created it because zest is like an energy it's what makes Mm. us feel alive it's you know it's it's got a lot of kind of healthy connotations but you can't just sit around and expect to feel this you have to go out and find it hence the name Chasing Mm. Zest And so, yeah, it started as like an outdoors type uh, digital platform. Um, And I also have, like, guest posts, um, such as the Lighthouse Arabia. They write more kind of well-being and mental Mm -hmm. health posts. I have uh, people who write about hiking and all the kind of slightly more extreme stuff that I don't do. Um, And it's evolved a lot over the last couple of years. So I basically... I was working on it and freelance writing as well and I kind of wanted a bit more of a purpose to feel like I was having some kind of a positive influence on people's lives because since I'd left teaching I felt that was kind of missing a little Mm -hmm. bit so I started training to become a health coach and bring in Chasing Zest and the health coaching together which is what I'm now doing is it's like the perfect combination because it's it's helping people to meet their health and wellness Mm. goals if they're facing challenges if they're feeling stuck Um, and the website chasing zest is also a reflection of that so it's going to have more kind of health coaching style articles on written by me but we're also still keeping the outdoors because that's such a big part of Mm. you know um kind of getting the most out of life and pushing your limits and and doing things that you didn't think you were capable of um so it's all linked in together on one platform um and it's got like it's going to have all my online courses and stuff on there as well which i'm working on now because i qualified as a health coach in july and then had dylan in september so oh congratulations um, yeah thank you but it's obviously meant that i've kind of had to put things on hold a little bit Um, Which has been fine, and I think now, as a new mum, I have that appreciation of, once again, feeling a little bit like you're not trapped, that's not the right word, but like there are certain limits, and that can sometimes have a bit of an effect on you, so I think all of us in our lives, we have our highs and our lows, and sometimes we get in a bit of a rut, which I was maybe four years ago. And then I managed to, you know, before I had Dylan, I was the health, I would say I was the healthiest and the fittest I'd been. And now after having a baby, you know, you have that, you know, you've got a couple of kilos heavier than you were. You feel a little bit differently about your body. Mm. You have hormones going haywire you don't have the time to necessarily prepare loads of nutritious food so for me you know I was ordering takeaways yeah oh, which is so easy here yeah, as well. yeah and, and you're so tired you just you know sleep deprivation as well all of these things um so for me personally I also feel like I'm kind of starting again mm. um and it's given me an appreciation of of mums and yeah and how amazing they are just to keep going to try and get into fitness mums of more than one child like i don't know how they do it um, so chasing zest now with the health coaching is bringing all those things together and helping mainly ladies who feel mm-hmm. like they're just just a bit stuck and they need to be kind of take steps that are going to lead to an eventual transformation so it's looking at really short-term goals mm-hmm. and then Helping them towards that, being supportive, making suggestions of things they can do that keep things easy and simple. Yeah. But i have got to make little things adding up to a big change in the end.
0: And so, ladies can have or men they can have private yeah. sessions with you as so well. I do
1: one-on-one clients, and then I also I'm going to be running group coaching and also to do online courses as well. So
0: coming soon. Yes,
1: coming soon. Um, and i do workshops too um and also a lot of like i've got quite a lot of freebies on the website that people can mm. use as well because it's not accessible to everyone um so it's nice to just feel like again i've i've kind of rediscovered my purpose mm. which i was searching for for so long um and now being a mum as well i mean it has and they its go so beautifully hand in hand yeah, as well really they're really does.
0: connected aren't they yeah. what you're doing and obviously yeah. Being a mum to Dylan, yeah,
1: and as I say, I mean it does have its challenges. Like at the moment, I'm working when he's napping, which is quite hard because as soon as you sit down to do something, you know, you hear a bit of noise upstairs and like, oh. Well, I honestly,
0: I'm in awe because I hope that I'm going to be a mum like you where. I still agree to do things and I'm going to bring the baby with me. Yeah. But you also don't know how you're going to be. So the fact that, you know, you've come here today, you're super relaxed. Yeah. I just think I really hope I can be that way because I think a lot Aww. of people don't leave the house for a year.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, I was kind of forced into it because with a husband who is away, yeah. along, if I didn't go out, then I would be sat by myself for maybe six days at home staring at the walls going mad. Yeah. So from very early on, I wanted to be able to go outside by myself. Like, it still terrifies me at times. I'm like, oh gosh, what if he starts crying? What? You know, today I was like, oh, you know, what if he, he starts his teething thing again and he's like inconsolable. Mm. But I think one of the things you quickly learn is people who are already mothers understand. Yeah. And everybody has been in the same boat. And yeah, you do have your bad times, but I always call him my PA now. Mm. So when I'm out and about, like the other day, I was getting a load of printing done and we went to the printers and people were kind of looking at him and staring and like, oh, look at that lady with her baby. And he goes everywhere with me. Yeah. And I think it's been really good for him because he's quite a sociable little boy. Mm. Um, and he, he's, he's good in, in new situations most of the time. Um, and the
0: more you do it, the more confident you get, I yeah, imagine, as exactly, well. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah, and it just becomes one of those things where, because we don't have any, any help at all at the moment, um, that might change maybe in the future. But me and him are kind of a package now, mm. like, so, obviously if I had a one-on-one client, I would schedule that time so that yeah. his dad was with Dylan, because I need to give everything mm. to that person. Same if we're in a group. Um, But most of the time, for the kind of day-to-day stuff, he can come Mm. with me. Like, I kind of... I like having my little sidekick with me. I always... Yeah, he's my PA. So, like, even when I'm, like, writing emails, doing stuff on the website, he's, He's like, in the corner. (laughs) And I'm like, what do you think to this, Dylan? What should I do? Yeah. I I
0: kind of... I envisage envisage that that's what I'm going to be like. But, again...
1: Yeah, you just well, don't know, do To you? be honest, I thought I would be back at work by December slash January time, mm. so like when he was three months old. And by December I was like, you know what, I need more time. Um, and I'm very lucky that I was able just to take a couple mm. more months. Um, now I feel like I'm properly ready to get out there. And, and that's the thing as well with health coaching. I need to be able to give to another person. Yeah. If I'm feeling depleted, i'm not going to be effective at doing that um so now i feel like yes i'm i'm Mm. i wouldn't say myself again because i think that has changed yeah um i'm not going to be who i was before dylan so i have to see who i am now and it's like a, a thing that you're continuously discovering um but I would like to think that I'm actually a better person now, if slightly more bedraggled. tired. <laughs> 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 you, well, you look amazing. Um,
0: Rachel, I want to ask you for all the mums to be listening, what are your top three item services or experiences you would recommend they uh, invest in?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned them already. So definitely the hypnobirthing with love birthing, just to be informed of, what's going on with your body, how to speak with doctors, how to ask questions and kind of interpret the answers. There's a lot that I didn't realise about birth, and I think if I had just stuck to the antenatal classes at the hospitals, I did two, um, I still wouldn't have been informed because there's so much to cover. So doing a birthing course it's not just sitting there meditating um, it's it's so much more than that it's Mm. um, getting knowledge learning breathing techniques um, everything that I did on that course helped me and even if your birth doesn't go how you would want it's learning to accept it and and just And try and enjoy the experience as much as you can like it's a massive moment in your life and I think women deserve to have a positive experience and doing that course really helps because I went into it with my eyes open you never know what to fully expect but I I didn't at any time feel like I was blindly going through this experience I felt like I was in control most of the time um, and that I knew what was happening so I would definitely recommend that and then in terms of being active the Pilates classes are optimal uh, fitness they're amazing Hannah really knows what she's talking about and just learning things like what your pelvic floor is what it does how it changes during pregnancy and childbirth what happens when it goes wrong how it can be underactive or overactive Things like that are so important and again, even now with a baby, things are still going on in your body that you need to be like addressing, like you're constantly hunched over um, and just learning things that you can do after birth that are safe, that can help you with recovery. Um, Yeah, I would definitely recommend some kind of Pilates by a properly qualified women's health PT, definitely and then the third thing would be if you're able to to invest in a doula um as i've said like just the reassurance having somebody there i was lucky in a way that i didn't need louise too much but i was i'll be forever grateful that she was there if i had had a more complicated birth and things had popped up then i mean you don't want that to happen but Having her there would have made things a lot easier and she would have had all her experience to draw upon and help help us out And also, you know, you never know how things are going to go Maybe if you have to have a c-section or you're ill afterwards, your poor husband's going to be left You know with the baby, but also worrying about you Having that other person there who who knows and has been in maybe similar situations would be just I think well worth what you would pay. Um, so if if you can budget for it, I would advise all mums to be to try and look into getting a doula, especially in Dubai where we we don't really have family, <laughs> close family li- living with us. Um, yeah. Exactly.
0: Someone said to me the other day, think about what you spent on your wedding. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is an investment for one of the biggest days of your life. Yeah. So look at it that way. Exactly. Um, and actually they are very affordable mm-hmm. they're not um you know completely ridiculously overpriced they're yeah. probably very underpaid in fact yeah. and actually if you think about the money you spend on clothes and yeah. things that you probably don't necessarily exactly. need for me i'm very much prioritizing okay this is something i want to work towards mm. and work for and budget for exactly, over yeah. various different you know a fancy crib or this and that because that to me is really important
1: and that's what we did so we got our crib second hand so we saved loads of money on that and if you think that pregnancy generally they say 40 weeks the money you would pay for a doula divide that by 40 per week that is like you know it's it's it puts it into perspective
0: completely and having a positive experience regardless of how your birth goes Mm. is really going to help you i think with those first few weeks as well and that recovery and that mental place of regardless of how it went being able to come out of it feeling really positive can only be a good thing i
1: think it it does help a lot to know that you've done what you can and whatever has happened you've accepted it Mm -hmm. um i think it's essential to mental health after after the baby is born as well i mean it's it's so important and i think that kind of thing is definitely worth, worth the money. Yeah, 100%.
0: Um, okay, we're going to do a quick fire round mm. now. Sweet. Your one piece of advice for first-time mummies?
1: I would say trust your instincts. Don't Google too much, even though it's impossible. Um, but you'll get loads of advice from everybody, and it can be really overwhelming. And in the end, you've got to trust yourself. You know your baby better than anybody. You've known your baby for nine months before it's even come into the world.
0: One thing you've learned about yourself after becoming a mum?
1: Oh, gosh. I've, <laughs> I've learned that I don't really accept help very well. And that's something I'm now working on. Just because you're saying, yes, please come and help me, doesn't mean you're weak or you failed. It's, it's probably what's best for you and your baby. So I've learned to be less stubborn and to take help more.
0: Mm. All the mums I've spoken to, there's a common theme of accept help yes (laughs) because it will make you a stronger happier don't
1: try doing everything yourself Mm. even if it's just having someone come in and clean the house or cook you a meal it will help no end
0: definitely what's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before becoming a mum
1: i would have to say the feeding and i've i'd read that like breastfeeding can be really hard it's not the most natural thing in the world for a lot of ladies but what i hadn't prepared myself for was the emotional effect that that has and it's not just oh i'm really sad that that didn't work as i wanted it's like it hits your very being it's like it's almost like your instincts have somehow failed you that's how it feels i mean it's not a failure but it feels like like the whole like human history Something's like gone wrong when it comes to you and your baby, and I found that so hard to deal with and uh, to be honest I'm still trying to deal with it Um, But then yeah, I wish I'd known that I don't know I just wish I'd known that it it would it would be so tough Mm -hmm. mentally Um, But that in the end the main thing is that your baby is happy and you have to do what? Also what is good for your own health as well because you're no use to your baby if you're constantly in tears, worrying about feeding. You have to do what makes things easier to get your baby fed, for him to be happy or her to be happy and also for your own mental health.
0: There's some amazing um, podcasts out there, um, people on Instagram, communities that really talk about this. Yeah, Um, I'll send you some links to ones I've listened to recently and obviously I'm nowhere near that stage yet, but it makes me realize, okay, if this does happen to me, this is quite common. Yeah, I'm yeah. not the only one that is facing this, mm. um, because I think it's probably more common than, than you realize. It is,
1: and, and I also, like, I was one of those people, I said, oh, I'll breastfeed if I, if I can, and I was hoping that I would be able to, but what I wasn't prepared for was how it would feel mm. to realize that I was struggling. And I tried so hard to the point where I look back at the first few weeks now and all I remember is visits to lactation consultants and midwives. I don't remember fun times relaxing at home. And you know you have all those little milestone cards of like, oh, my first day at home. Well, our first day at home was spent with me crying hysterically at the doctors because I was so engorged, he wouldn't feed and i just felt awful and he'd gotten really yellow cuz he was jaundiced mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, that was our first day at home. Like, that's not a happy memory. I think <laughs> also
0: there's so much pressure mm. to have these beautiful, perfect moments, yeah. which you will have along the way. But even I'm feeling it now in pregnancy, I don't have one picture of me yet mm. where I'm, like, looking pregnant and glowing. <laughs> I haven't done that that whole, like, you know, with the test and then the the picture and then, like, a little thing. And, like, mm. and, and there's all these, like, sort of pressures to get all these. Yeah. Little, and you will get some, but... There, i think we almost have to just let go of that because yeah. it's like okay okay my day one might not have been perfect but look at me yeah, now exactly. and isn't that amazing yeah. obviously it's so easy for me to sit here and say that because the emotional toll especially mm. when your hormones are, oh, are yeah. going crazy <laughs> but i think there is a pressure on us to have these mm. sort of like picture perfect moments and and, all, and hit these milestones yeah, isn't there and
1: i think maybe these some people do put these pictures up but then maybe that's just a couple of seconds and then it's like like anything on social media it's a little
0: highlight and it's a moment in time Mm. and i like it when people post a beautiful picture but then they also you know you swipe left and you see the picture straight after yeah Yeah. and actually that's more like reality but that's life isn't it because life has texture it's not always you know perfect
1: i did put a picture up explaining that we were having really a really hard time and i had such an amazing response from people i would not seen since school yeah. or people just on Instagram just giving their support and saying, oh, I struggled as well. It can be really hard. And I think until you go through it, you have no idea how devastating it can be. And that could be with anything, not just, not just breastfeeding. Um, exactly. and then you realise how kind people are. And, and now I feel like I want to pay that back. I thought, why are people being so nice? And... You kind of realise it's because they've all been in the same boat, and yep. and now I feel like anyone expecting, including you, I'm always like, if you Help. need anything, mm. just get in touch because oh, I will definitely take you, know, you up on it that. Really, really helps, and and don't be afraid to say like I'm finding things hard, yeah, because. It's gotta happen and if you've got support there in place, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than
0: struggling and thinking you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know, it's bad <laughs> enough when you're feeling like you're struggling. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's a really, really mm. important message and and keep being vulnerable and putting those yeah. honest posts out there. What's your favourite thing about being a mum?
1: Oh gosh. You know, it changes all the time. At the moment it's the smiles. When he smiles at me and he does a big gummy grin and our eyes meet, I don't know, I feel like we're just connecting, Like it's like souls are connecting together. It's amazing. As he starts to cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're talking yeah. about you still, Dylan.
1: You've got to smile. Okay, Rachel,
0: your last question. Mm-hmm. What does motherhood mean to you in three words?
1: <gasps> I would have to say it's being less selfish and everything now is about him um, everything I do is for him, in some way or another, and I've taken a backseat for my own, but it's not taking a backseat because I get so much enjoyment out of doing things for him and it's just the, the new way of life and you know I would never ever want to go back to how it was before, even though I had more freedom, I was able to kind of do what I wanted, I had my own time. Being with him now is just like I. I can't think of any better way to spend my time, to be honest. Like there's down moments, of course, but just I feel like we're just best buddies, and we're out there and we're taking on the world together now.
0: And he has been an angel he during has. this. He really He's has. He's smiling
1: again now. Yay!
0: rachel thank you so much i'm gonna put all your details in the show notes so your website for Chasing your instagram i'll also um put a link to optimal fitness as well um i mentioned the lovely trainer's name yes um so that people can find her and thank you so much for sharing your experience it's really refreshing to hear about a really positive smooth straightforward birth because a lot of horror stories out Mm. there and not to take anything away from ladies that have those experiences but it's also nice especially as a mum to be to hear really positive stories
1: and I have to say like I obviously I had an amazing birth and pregnancy and then my struggles kind of Mm. came after whereas I know people have had it the other way around they've had quite a traumatic birth but then the baby has latched straight away they've had an amazing breastfeeding journey so Just because one doesn't go the way Mm. you would hope, doesn't mean that that's it. It's like, it's just such a journey that there's so many twists and turns along the way and and you've really just got to enjoy every single moment. Well, not every moment. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, just just to be grateful for for how things are and just because something maybe doesn't go as you want doesn't mean the rest of your whole motherhood mm, journey is exactly that way Oh well thank you so much and thank you baby dylan Yay. thank you <laughs>
0: thank you once again to rachel for sharing her beautiful birth experience with life school you can find links to rachel's social pages and website in the show notes below if you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of bumps and babies Please do follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Life School ME the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.